Hey, 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 welcome back to Spilling the GNT podcast. You're here with Bolo. And Dr. Tom. Now we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. But we're giving it anyway. That's right. Now Bolo here's a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Mm. And we're here to give you our professional, professional, professional review on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. So let's raise a glass. Or a bottle. And start spilling the GNT podcast. Clank. Hey everyone, welcome Hi. back to another episode of us reviewing, recapping, giving our opinions on the best show we reckon. Oh, the best show on TV. One of the most popular, popular culture programs, educational. Educational, um, and only And only, where else would it be but the BBC? Well, the BBC's um, policy is to educate, entertain and inform. There it is. And I feel like I get all three. Let it be written. So that's yes. what we do. That's what we do here. Tom's a psychiatrist. I myself am a performer. What mm-hmm. do we do? We throw our professional life experiences. Yeah, we're super fans of the show, and we aim to bring you our review through our respective there professional lenses. And like a horror, we are in debt from all the from all the learnings. Oh my goodness! You've paid off your student loan, haven't you? I managed to. Yes, I was. Got, look, I don't want to. I mean, I'm trying to relate to a horror, but I was in a full scholarship for university. Oh, can't yeah. relate. Can't relate. <laughs> she, oh. uh, she was in a full scholarship. You couldn't wait to get that in, could no. you? <laughs> Slipped I was, it in. I was really trying to understand a horror and her. How much was she in debt? My oh, it was, it was tens of thousands, poor thing. Was that kind of? Is that similar to you? Is that just the pricing here in the UK? <laughs> I'm not or going is... into details. I was fortunate enough to get a stable job that allowed me. I never saw that money. It, it came straight out of my pay. Check and then one day I was oh, like, oh, I'm not paying oh, anymore. What privilege. What privilege. What privilege. What privilege. Well, um, look, I I had no student loan to pay back, but well, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I made no money to pay back anyway. <laughs> they <laughs> like, just thought, this... what do you do with that degree? <laughs> you go on RuPaul's Drag Race and you hope that you can sell merch online afterwards. With you, they were just like, well, we might as well just give it to him because he's not going to pay it back. He was the only one that applied. <laughs> we have to give it to someone. We can't, <laughs> we can't give it a miss. No, education is key. And that's pretty much what we do. Yeah. yeah. Tell no. me about you, though. How are you? How how have you been since last week? Dr. Well, I'm Tom. angry at you, actually. I'm You're quite right. mad at you. Okay. Now, cool. listeners. Moving on. No, listeners, I need you to hear this because <laughs> I caught Paolo earlier listening to a rival podcast by, <laughs> by somebody called Bonnie Del Reno or something. Oh, God. Back Bonnie it Del up. Rico. Because, look, first of all, what we do is we don't listen to any drag race podcasts or Indeed. watch any drag we race. We don't watch the review YouTube shows on YouTube. Review. We or don't anything. watch any of it. Bianca Del Rio doesn't even talk about RuPaul Drag Race in the podcast. She's still a rival, frankly. She's not. She's an ally. You're fraternizing with she's the a, enemy. She's a fellow clown. And uh, look, we've always been huge fans of Bianca Del Rio. Why are we promoting her like she needs the help? I say... Oh, did I burp and talk at the same time? No, I didn't. You can't have. You're not that uncouth. No. I would say, Bianca, stick to what you know. Stick to the stand-up <laughs> comedy. Don't go muscling in an art. Yeah. Just keep saying that same dress in different colours. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Because if she hears this, nah, we we're love done Bianca. for. I've seen I I've love met, Bianca. I don't know why met, you're coming for me. She's I've, like amazing. I love hearing her talk. I love the things that come out of her mouth. Oh, she's smart and hilarious. I, I've met Bianca very briefly at a meet and greet. 
Well, you know what? When I first moved to London, mm. I just went to this gay bar, G A Y. You know, I don't know how I how I got there. I was just there, you know, innocent old <laughs> me, like you know, <laughs> New Zealand boy in London for the first time ended up at G A Y. And you know, on the way in there, the bouncer, there's one bouncer who was amazing. I was wearing suspenders for some reason. I came from work. That used to be your thing. Yeah, Braces I came from work, so UK. I was wearing like suspenders, and I was looking really, really preppy. And I just finished. <laughs> uh, so that I just finished the job interview or I finished work so people don't know this but I used to work professionally professional professionally to pay the bills in London mm. and God knows there are bills in London <laughs> I had to work as a librarian the library was open yeah damn right I was reading.com <laughs> all the time 24 7 so I was a librarian and I'd finished and I heard about GAY and I think mm. I think I just met someone online uh-huh. on okay. one of those apps mm. You know, oh gosh! As you do, Look, I was just apps. trying to navigate, just trying to navigate London, and then they say, "Hey, I'll take you to GAY." So I went to GAY with this guy and his friends, and Bianca Daru was on, and I was like, oh. "Are you serious?" I just turned up to a bar, and Bianca <laughs> Daru was there in New Zealand. If you want to see Bianca Daru, you book a year in advance. You were like, and it's sold out straight away, and it's just the biggest event ever. And here I am, just turning up to a club, and Bianca's there, and you were like, oh, "This is London." I was, is I really London. was. I was I'm like, here. "I'm like, that's it. I made it." <laughs> <laughs> Again, I made it. So I've seen Bianca the Rio. I, I just, I just really love her and her how genuine she is. She played the game the best, but she didn't even. You know what? She was an unexpected shark. They, the producers, didn't know what to do. She was storming the competition. She was storming the production room. They couldn't do anything to her. She was untouchable. Bonnie I don't know. I don't think I've fantastic. ever. I don't think I've ever seen anyone just come in and change the game like Bianca did. Besides, maybe Bob. But Bob was up there as well. And, and, you know, we can't really count all stars because it's a very different beast. But none of them had to Boost. go there. Um, yeah, I can't think. Oh, do you know what? This is a conversation another time because I have to gather my thoughts about statistics. But anyway, I would like to also, speaking of drag queens, because that's what we do on this show. We speak about drag queens. Uh, I'd like to give some shout outs for some international queens who well, recently popped up on we our We all Insta. know that Drag Race Down Under is coming to our screens. Certainly and thank is. the Lord. And it's a combination of uh, New Zealand talent and the others, the ones <laughs> above them. Can I just mention one thing before? I think we, we call say? Australians. Um, yeah, no, the, bi- no bias here. No <laughs> bias here. Your poor cousins. What were you saying? Now, obviously, there has been a reveal of the Meet the Queens, but it's not a proper Meet the Queens. And I'd like us to... Obviously, we know who they are. Guys, find out. Go follow them on Instagram um, and Twitter. And well, follow us while you're at it. And follow, follow us, us on it. Instagram and Twitter but while you're at it. I would it. like on. to reserve like a proper Meet the Queens review until they've done a proper Meet the Queens and we can see a bit of their personalities. Okay. Agreed? Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. I'm not even thinking anything beyond UK and US. Like, I can't do, I can't focus on more than two at a time. So let's just back it up, back it right up. Let us just finish UK at least. You know, they're almost done. And then season 13, they'll be finished around November at this rate. Um, But before that, let's just get rid of one so that we can focus (laughs) on another and give them our our real attention. But yes, you're right. We've been getting a lot of uh, new. Uh, drag queens following us. Yes, one from Manchester. Who are we going? Look, first of all, we're going to a Manchester Pride this yeah. year. We are going to be seeing Lawrence Cheney and Donna Trump. Donna Trump. So shout out to Donna. Donna She's Tr- listening. And Lawrence. Look, first we of course are, Lawrence is listening. Yeah, she, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> so we're going to be seeing them at Manchester Pride. If you're going to be there, let us know. I would love to say yeah. hi to to anyone that listens. Oh, we should have a meet and greet. <laughs> well, we have a meet and greet. Um, just 
just outside Manchester Pride. You know, before you go, you know, before you have to pay the tickets. You know, before the people realize what we're doing, we'll, have we'll be a, selling T-shirts. We'll have a semi-legal stall. You know what? If we do have a stall, I'll tell you what it will be. It will just be free shots and a photo. Well, do you pe- agree? People giving us free shots. You mean? No, come on. We, we have enough. Let, let's be serious. <laughs> we have so much alcohol in this in our studio here mm-hmm. on the fifteenth floor in Central UK. Um, middle Middle Earth. <laughs> middle uh, Earth. But if we ever did do a stand, it would be we'll be giving our free shots and photos. We could do we could do like a live one, like they do with Race Chaser and Sibling Rivalry. Do you know, it would be better than Sibling Rivalry. Do you remember when we saw the Manchester mm-hmm. and it was it was oh technical hitches. it was technical problems. It was so bad. It was like Y two K. You know the Y two K bug <laughs> where like everything was waiting for their technological kind of overthrow to end the world, but no one knew when it was coming. <laughs> but when people knew when it was coming, but it never came. People were wondering she what's came, happening. That was Sibling Rivalry live in Manchester. She came. 19 years late apparently Bob and Monet themselves were fantastic but the glitches. Bob was fantastic oh, no. I remember you saying you loved Monet's lip sync performances oh, you didn't finish Bob it was amazing in terms of keeping the show running especially when the technical problems was there Bob just went along with it while Monet was just like what the hell is happening you can see it on her face however <laughs> Monet is a powerhouse performer uh-huh. she is a the minute she stops talking and starts performing, <laughs> that's when I start putting every bit of my attention and fiber of my eyes. She's captivating. She really is. Mm. That's where her power is. All it is, yeah. She's a close personal friend of mine. I've met her. I met her in New York, New York before Drag Race. And, you know, I just, I get sick of you attacking her sometimes. You know, but sometimes I just feel like you support the wrong queen, Tom. <laughs> I really do. And it's, it's really hard for me. I think you'll to... find, if you're going to draw a thread through it, you'll find that I tend to be drawn to underdogs or queens who get otherwise kind of like, a, you know, negative opinions hurled at them. So you pity them. You don't... No, no. No, they're, they're, no Tom, no. you literally... I appreciate them. I appreciate them. You appreciate them. the pitied. Good. I, I Good connect with them because I too am an underdog who gets attacked by somebody. No, you're just a dog. <laughs> you're just a dog. A female one too, I hear. Anyway, so the drag queens that we want to throw a shout out to because I love throwing... Um, with what we with the followership that we have mm-hmm. and it's a good followership i'm actually really really proud with with building where we are up. with great. our podcast mm-hmm. i'm ha- i'm so happy that we we do have good following so with what we what what platform we do have i do want to shine light on local talent Definitely, because yeah. i really believe local talent needs to be appreciated more and there's shania Payne as well yes who is a liverpool queen she isn't is, she yes. but i also want to say a shout out to erica and coco flash from taranaki now, so, in new zealand and aotearoa yeah also donna trump manchester jamie tom jamie hutton in auckland jamie hutton in auckland erica yeah. flash in new plymouth these are the queens oh, no, that- erica and coco but i was writing it down because they've got a joint account and two separate accounts. So Erica and Coco Flash, I, I don't know if they're a couple. Or we need to look into them more. Like the Boulay brothers. They might be like the Boulay brothers of Taranaki. I just want to say a huge shout out to them. A huge welcome to mm-hmm. all our followers. And I really do hope that we do get a good Kiwi followership. You think that they would support me a bit more, don't you think? <laughs> well, You if- think that a lot of you are, where are our New Zealand? We have more listeners in Australia than New Zealand. Now, New Zealand, I'm trying to back you up. I really am. But if, <laughs> if by the time New Zealand, by the time RuPaul Drag Race Down Under comes and our stats are still high from Australia, I'm sorry. I'm rooting for Australia. If, <laughs> if they're going to support me, I want to support 
support them right back. And I, that, that's where my allegiance is. My allegiance stands with those who give me loyalty. So I'm just putting it out there, Kiwis. Wow. Erica, Coco Flash, you tell your people to follow. Follow I, and listen and subscribe. I will always support the Kiwis. Tom, I also want to say this. Now, we... I've actually been reading some amazing reviews. Now, we have mm. been asking, pleading, begging, <laughs> like Les Miserables-style Les begging. Mm-hmm. We've been asking people if they could uh, throw us some um, reviews for our podcast, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We've had some lovely I feedback. I would love if you would please rate and review us and some people really have and do you know what i want to shine a light on these people who show us uh written appreciation because (laughs) because if you're listening and you're walking right now or you're driving right now or you're doing whatever you're doing i want to say hello and thank you for listening but it really does help our podcast. Oh, it's so good for us, guys. Um, We're so grateful. Be more visible to, to more and more people mm-hmm. uh, if there is more reviews and more rates. And I actually want to read a few that we've got from this year, yep. actually. And also quite recently. Tom, do you have the reviews with you? Well, look, I'll go first because mm-hmm. I've got one right in front of me now, okay? Now, this from John's from the UK. A weekly essential. Well, there we have it. Thank you, John. Didn't need to write anymore because that is, that's fact. Not a yeah. joke, just a fact. <laughs> Loving you guys work. The podcast has become a little part of my weekend. You both make me laugh so much. Oh, he's really just talking about me, Tom. Just, you just happen to be there, so you get some of the I credit. Contribute. I think you boys can make talking about the weather sound fun. John's my love goes out to you, and thank you thank very you, much John. for this review. Tom, do you have one with you now? Yeah, so Lulu from Canada... Basically just says, fab, love the format, love the host. She's happy to hear about our uh, views on the odd judging decisions as well. I mean, that we're here be... to call, we speak truth to power, Lulu. We're here to call it out. Thanks yeah. for the review. I don't, is she referring to the UK, US or Canada? Because like, Oh, it might be Canada. Relatable. Could, well, Canada, <laughs> relatable. Canada was the worst for judging. Yeah. Much as we loved the queens, they were fabulous, but the judging. Now, this is from Holly Orson from the States. Hey, mm-hmm. Holly, who said the Hi, best Holly. drag race podcast in capitals you guys are amazing um the perspective of them recording while watching brings a new and exciting element to recapping drag race keep up the good work holly thank, thank you, you holly. a lot one of our and ogs holly isn't she amen and that was sent on february the 23rd which is the day after my birthday oh, well she, so, holly so this it. was this was just to me really this was my <laughs> gift and tom and our last one is from bunbury also in the usa now we've got an actual paragraph here from Bunbury. Thank you very much. Really fun. Definitely worth a listen. Combined unique perspectives couple with watching it live, making it enjoyable and easy listen. And Bunbury goes on to say how it, it's nice because they don't have friends who are as interested in drag race. So it, we've heard this before. We really, really hope we can be like a little key key for, for you guys out there. So thank you so much, Bunbury. That's um, exactly who we are. If you have no one else to talk about drag race with, put on the pod. Mm-hmm. We're here for you, okay? Now, First of all, thank you so much for the reviews We're again. Really, really it's, it's really, really helping us build our empire of listeners. <laughs> <And> I just <laughs> now we have a goal, Tom. We have a goal here. Mm-hmm. We want to try see if we can get twenty reviews by the end of season thirteen. Oh. So that's by basically that's by November. <laughs> <laughs> we no joking. <laughs> by the end of two thousand, by, by the end of season thirteen, which is about three, four more weeks, we want to see if we can get twenty new reviews for this year. Now we've read out. 
four. So we only need 16 more. So if you're listening to the podcast and you've got a spare, spare second, spare minute, we would love if you can just pause, write us a review. If you, if you have any trouble, just say Paolo should do a solo podcast. There, done it. I've read it, I've read it in your review. You're welcome. If you can just write something really, really quick and give us a five-star rating, I can tell you right now that mean, that would mean so much to us and our podcast and what we do. What we love, actually. This is our passion project. It really, really is. It helps us a lot, guys. And... You know, a review gets you a shout out. So exactly. So if that. you want to hear your name and if you want to hear your podcast a review written, please do that now. I'm going to remind you at the end of the show anyway. So again, we have a goal. That's our target goal. by the end of season 13 mm-hmm. to get 20 shout outs. Okay, so we've got four. <laughs> We're wanting 16 more. I don't know. If, I hope that's not too much to ask. But please do so. So, actually, I want to get on to the show. Yes, Tom, what about you? Definitely. So, here we are. We are on episode nine. We are. Okay. We're on episode nine. Now, this is the semifinals. And before moving on, let's just go through the ranking. Let's have Lawrence a has three wins and one lip sync. Yep. Bimini has three wins and one lip sync as well. Taste has one win and three lip syncs and none for Gretchen Wieners. Thank none you. None for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> and Ellie. Ellie's got nothing. She's got no wins. She's got no bottoms. She's She just exists. Ellie's Scarlet Boboing, although I don't think directly comparable. And Scarlet was given away near the end. So let's see if that happens to Ellie. Um, Tom, this is the semifinals. Who are your top two? Now, you're really, really bad at answering this, but... Please, just throw out two names. I'm, I mean, much as I love my girl taste. Ignore statistics. What does your heart say? What does your heart want? I genuinely think that the the, the kind of top two, the top two lipsticks is going to come down to Lawrence and Bimini. Is that what your heart's telling you? I adore taste, but that's what my heart's telling okay. me. I want... The top two to be Lawrence and Tace. Okay. That's, that's my heart speaking. But do you not connect track with record, Bimini? Track record is important. So the track record says that's going to be Lawrence and Bimini. Do you not connect very much with Bimini? Um, she, to be honest, she's not someone who allows herself connections. And by, by saying that, she doesn't allow Tace. Taste wants you to come in. She's mm. welcoming. You know when you go to someone's house and they open the door and they're like, hey girl, welcome inside. Do you want a drink? <laughs> and you sit down and tell me about how things and they have a kiki with you. I feel like B- Bimini just opens the door and says, oh hi, okay, come in. And then sits down there and on her phone the whole time. No, Doesn't she... ignore you, but just on her phone and just has that gentle chatter. It's not welcoming. It's not open. <laughs> she's there. She's polite, but she's just not no. open. Bimini would show you, you know, she'd show you her plants. She'd make you a herbal tea. Um, she'd make you feel very comfortable. You'd sit on a nice wicker chair. Oh, she wouldn't sit on it. She'll split on it. Go on. <laughs> Um, and like I feel for Ellie really because Ellie has been given a production push and I don't think it's fair to put her in this position as like an outsider in the top four who's had a clear push because she's so cute and talented there was just kind of no need for it it would be a more balanced top four if a horror was in there yeah Um, but there we go this is where we are Um, so the girls come back Lawrence is still not let go well, of what happened last week. Let's just bring up the fact that Lawrence has gone off social media yeah. after last week's shenanigan. Now, Lawrence, obviously, when I kind of went off 
at Ali Diamond. You know, with this guy's this, let mm-hmm. me just recap it. She went off at Ali Diamond for the way that she she feels that she was thrown under the bus. Yeah. Now, there's context here. I've read it. So something that was posted on Facebook by Lawrence. I've Lawrence read it said, too, yeah. yeah, Lawrence said, look, first of all, She's not just someone I met on the show. Yeah. Ellie is someone that I've gone to Nando's with. Mm-hmm. Ellie is someone I've done gigs with. Ellie is someone who slept at my house. Yeah. So it was really strange for her to throw me under the bus mm-hmm. when I'm an ally there. She felt betrayed. So that's why she was in her feeling. She was yeah. confused. She was like, hold on, hold on. Why are you, why are you doing this to me? I'm your, I'm your friend. I'm your ally. What the hell is up with and you? And even at the beginning of that episode, they're being like, you know, freedom, the Scottish girls against the... Exactly, the Scottish the versus them. But then she chooses to throw her own under... So that's where it came from. So basically, Ellie Diamond, she's she's a life ruiner, Tom. <laughs> she <laughs> ruins ruiner. people's lives. That's what she does. So that's what... Tom, can I ask you this? Mm-hmm. I, I want you to know, and if you're listening, I want you to know if you can relate to this. Have you ever had... You know, sometimes people who are close to you they're more comfortable being shady with you and being dicks to you mm-hmm. because they're more familiar with you than the other person. Mm-hmm. So they kind of take advantage of their friendship because, you know, you know, you're my friend. It's safe. I'm secure with our friendship. So I'm just going to be a dick to you regardless. Have you ever been in that kind of situation where you're like, what the hell? Why are you coming for me? We're on the same side. Um, I've had not quite like that. I've had friendships where... Um, by kind of mutual consent, the nature of the friendship is that you just make fun of each other all the time and say mean things to each other all the time. But it's like it's a mutual thing and it just becomes a, a long-running joke when there's no malice intended and you know there's no malice and so it's fine. And that's actually how you have fun with that person. I am not. I can't relate to what you've just said, really. I, I've had it. I've had that feeling where I feel like a friend is too too comfortable in my friendship where they feel like they can be a dick to me mm. and that because we're close, I'm just going to take it and stay there and they can carry on that behavior. Um, FYI, <laughs> that friendship no longer exists. I was about to say, you're not the sort of person to tolerate that kind no, of thing. No, no, I can't no, no. imagine no, I, I don't know why you would take advantage of a friend. And I feel like Ellie has done that same thing to Lawrence. And Lawrence mm. is like, hold up, hold up, hold the phone. What's up here? It's- I, I think Ellie I think Ellie was a bit naive and thought that in this situation she could take advantage of what she was given, i.e. make the decisions with a running order. And it's a long running thing on Drag Race. You choose the order for the uh, comedy challenge, you're given power. Um, and it backfired because she didn't do it with conviction. She didn't do it with like in a fun or shady way, as Taste might have done it. Taste would have pulled it off charmingly and everybody would have laughed. But and she also did it to her bestie in the competition. And Lawrence's reasons for feeling the way she did are perfectly valid. We also know Lawrence is quite a sensitive person. So she probably should have known Absolutely. Lawrence a bit better than to not anticipate that response, you know? But there we go. That's where we are. And Lawrence is still hanging on to it a bit, okay? Yeah. But like what you said earlier about having to quit social media this week, again, we can't say it enough. Completely unacceptable to send hate or death threats or... I'm she- in two minds. I'm in two minds. One mind of me says, girl, you know about how hard people go off on the drag queens. You mm-hmm. know that. And then the, another side of me is like, why do people go that far to try to make... Why Why there's so many keyboard warriors just appreciate the show? It's, it's a relinquishment of, of responsibility by, by anonymity. Anonymity grants 
a lack of consequences and that's why people do it. it people really show their true colors by doing things like that because essentially what you're doing is what would i do if there was no one watching and there were no consequences i'd be a horrible bitch from hell to this person so it's really really abhorrent behavior and i really think it's deplorable i i see what you're saying I think some queens have thicker skins than others. Ahura was saying on her kind of like post-show interview that she kind of relished the villain edit and took it in good fun. Um, Lawrence is a more sensitive person and I validate the fact that she's a sensitive person. And Sister Sister had such a similar experience and it's just not fair. It's a reality show. It's fun. We should be reveling in it. Yeah, have fun. Have your opinions. Don't go calling people what Lawrence is called. I'm not going to repeat it because it's very rude. It's funny how you always manage to get sister sister's name in every single podcast. <laughs> she she ain't been in the damn show for two weeks. She now. hadn't been mentioned she for about she five ain't minutes. been in for two weeks, and her name just seems to be the top. You know what? I just wish Ellie Diamond had as much confidence with the girls as she has with the confessionals. And the confessionals, she's like this bowdy bowdy. Like I'm just playing the game. Like you know what? Oh, if you can't handle it, hen, then you should just <laughs> like she's so confident, but in front of everyone, she's stuttering. She's like, well, you know. She's crying. She's. I just want her to have that same but you know, confidence. You know who she is in the confessionals, don't you? Like Andrea Stranger. <laughs> it's like she's she she's really like it's she's playing a role in the confessionals and she feels safe with the um, story editor. So I think that's who she wants to be. She wants to mm-hmm. be that that's strong, who she that with. courageous, that brave. She wants to be that person, but she just doesn't have it yet. Anyway. Again, taste in the last week was in the bottom against a horror. The cheek, the nerve, the audacity, the gall, and the gumption. <laughs> the gumption. How dare they put her in the bottom? Taste in a horror. Recapping last week before we move on. Taste was won the lip sync. Ahura stayed. I really feel that Ahura showed more emotion. Ahura actually should have stayed, but Taste should never have been in the bottom. Emotion is important. Let's look at that lip sync between Latrice Royale and Kenya Michaels, mm-hmm. where Latrice <laughs> said in one spot, sung with that emotion, that uh-huh. true emotion to an unborn child. You can see it in mm-hmm. her face, her movement. And then we have Kenya Michaels doing Fuertes, <laughs> Alice Khan doing ballet, Grand Jetes. There's, there's, there's a time to show off technique. There's a time <laughs> to show off your dance move. And then there's a time to... Sh- to just actually show raw emotion. Yeah. And that and Ahura did the lip sync right. But Ahura's gone home and Taste is going to go home to all of her clothes ripped in outside of the house. <laughs> all her baked beans are eaten. Oh. Now, oh, did you see her video though on Instagram? Heinz sent yes, her a special package of her they own did, baked they beans did, they and her did. own ketchup. And I've never seen a person so happy and it was delightful. It was it. Um, now, before we go on, I would like to mention that I can't believe I've not mentioned it previous weeks, but Rue's headwear. Okay. So Rue comes into the workroom and she's sporting a rather jaunty cap. Now, it's been a theme for the past few weeks, actually, since she returned from lockdown. I did actually see that she borrowed those pussycat wigs off Monet Exchange. No word of a lie. That's an actual fact because she was in the UK at the time. Is that fact not fiction? Fact not fiction. Gives us a sense of continuity. So uh, the prevailing theory, if you ask me, is that Rue had a little bit of work done during lockdown. So between the Isn't first and second... is the best time to get work done? If I was ever oh. going to get any work done, be, let it be a nose job, my lips, the liposuction, whatever, an ass extender... What do you uh, call it? Well, okay. What do you call it? A Brazilian butt lift. What's, but, an, ex, what's an ass extender? Tom won't know. He's got a nice ass. <laughs> Some people like me, I, I was blessed with big thighs. You like, were? 
They, I, like, they're just too big. I, I want to squeeze some of my thigh into my ass. <laughs> like, you know, Guys, I just don't have that. Are you going to give a shout out to your other podcast now? My other podcast is called <laughs> What the Fuck? A How Did I Get Fat Again podcast. And it's a podcast where I just talk about another side to me. Besides being this amazing performer, the mm. star performer oh. on stage and an amazing drag race encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. My other my other passion in life is uh, fitness and, and weight loss and basically just being an entertainer. So I do have another podcast. It's called What the Thut. If you want to hear Tom uh, give me therapy about why I put weight back on, <laughs> y'all just need to check it out right now. Check give it out, it guys, because g- it's awesome. And Paolo's doing an amazing job Thank with that you. podcast. Go on, now, Tom. So Rue, like the prevailing theory, Rue's a little bit of work done, rightly or wrongly, during lockdown. I'm not sure if people should be having non-essential procedures all that time, but I'm not here to judge that i will say rue's looking great i think rue's probably had a facelift and a bit of a fat transfer actually because she looked rue looked a little gaunt in the face before you could really see in her show through the makeup sometimes but she's looking really plumped and youthful i think she's had a little a little Look, surgical fairy as way want, of their magic I wand i want her doctor's name when she's i she's looking fantastic yeah she looks bloody good and if you got the money if you want to do it stunning gorgeous I, love her so but what this tells me continuity wise rue had this procedure probably during lockdown she's wearing this headwear all the way through until the end of this season and then remember she had dodgy headwear not dodgy headwear she was wearing things very various head wraps and things for season 12 beginning of season 12 and she stopped that that amazing face mask that face keeny oh god for the finale um but um rue was certainly showing her flair for headwear um i will say she looked really cool with the do-rag and stuff in um in season 13 um the the word is hip hip when you're that that age the word is hip very she looked really hip i will say this beanie hat is not necessarily working for her but anyway let's move did you know that everyone loves puppets dr tom did you know that? You know where that comes from, don't you? We've discussed it in the podcast before. Okay. I uh, but do you want to educate the children? Well, I want to watch the whole thing. I've only seen clips of it. It's the the Tammy Faye Baker documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. And apparently, there's a bit in it where she's trying to pitch a TV show, and it all gets a bit pitiful, and she goes. What about puppets? Everybody loves puppets. Why don't you watch it so that when season 13 does puppets, maybe this week or next week, we mm-hmm. can give them the story, yeah? Oh, okay. So Ali pulled out Tace's puppet. Lawrence, conveniently, given the drama, pulls out Ali Diamond's puppet. Oh, there was definitely not a producer hiding no, behind that you know, glory there's hole. Someone, you know what? I really do feel there's someone hiding in the glory hole who's <laughs> holding all the puppets yeah. and their job is to give the puppets to the right there, person. There definitely is because the, 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 they always suit the storyline. I mean, did you hear about the lip sync? The... Uh, the lip sync extravaganza for season yeah. season nine. Yeah. Was it season nine? Naomi revealed all, didn't she? Yes, Naomi said that um, mm. all the lip syncs had the same name. So yeah. when the pit crew came out with that little, like, that box, mm-hmm. it had all the same songs. Mm-hmm. So that it didn't matter. The producer had chosen your lip sync. Anyway, <laughs> Lauren chose Ellie Diamond. Taste picked up Bimini's puppet, and Bimini has Lawrence's. Now, Tom, did anything... Stop you in your traces. If you're eating, if you're eating a donut, would you have stopped eating the donut because something was amazing, or would I, um, you carry on eating? I gently chuckled through most of it. Um, I would say my favourites were probably, um, well, I would say kind of everybody but Ellie. Ellie didn't really make me laugh. The others all raised a chuckle, and I'd be happy for any of the other three to win it. It's 
Ellie just doesn't have a funny bone in her body. She did. She's I, pretty. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Oh, she's gorgeous. She's, she's, oh, <laughs> she's gorgeous. Dick, dick. I like dick. Oh, yeah, dick. Please don't, because I'm getting flashbacks. Rip it, rip it. Rip it, rip it. Oh, oh no. Oh, uh, my tongue. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> Girl, sit your ass down and shut the hell up. Um, Anyways, just really, really sad. She I will really say, doesn't have a funny bone in her body. At least terrible South Wales accent did kind of... And Sammy, you know who she was trying to be? She sounded like Nessa from uh, uh, Gavin and Stacey. Yeah. But um, um, she's being taste anyway. So, yeah, who do you giving it to? I would have given it to Bimini. I, d- I didn't think it was... N- there was no one here that would have made me spill my popcorn laughing. Mm-hmm. I would have kept eating the popcorn. Bimini's very gently, consistently funny. Bimini like- is... She's, she's actually the funny one in the group. She's funny when she needs or wants to be. Yeah. She's got that quiet confidence. You know, she's that girl that just sits there and, you know, that girl in class that just sits there and doesn't say anything, but mm-hmm. always gets A pluses and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's Bimini. Bimini's like, well, if you're going to pay me, I'll be funny. If you're going to pay me, I'll perform. <laughs> like, Take- if I need to be, I will be, but I don't need to be right now. She's, when she needs to turn it on, mm-hmm. she does. She is the comedy queen. Whereas Tace has that, like, consistent charm in the confessional stuff. When Tace is being Tace, she's hilarious. Yes. And she, most of the time, channels that into comedy performances, but not always. And then Lawrence, she's like this natural comedian in conversation, but can't always translate it into, the, like, her Snatch Game, which was made fun of by Absolutely. Binning. I feel like Lawrence wants to... Taste is naturally funny. Yeah. Yeah. Bimini is funny, but only will be funny when she wants or needs to be. Lawrence is the is that person that's always trying to crack a joke. And always Ellie's trying to really make someone tall. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ellie's and Ellie's got great makeup. Oh, and lovely wigs. That's that that's where they stand there. But no, Bimini won the challenge and she should have, because she's the only one that kind of engaged me, but everything else was just like, ha ha ha, that's funny. <laughs> it was a lot of inside jokes. Yeah. Inside joke type stuff that I was jokes, just jokes, like, jokes, jokes, jokes. you know, like I could have been like at Starbucks and hearing someone next door to me and they're mm. laughing at someone calling someone else something. And I'm like, it's funny, but I feel like if I knew the story, mm-hmm. it'd be even funnier. So let's get down to the Maxi Challenge. This week, the Maxi Challenge is that it's an acting challenge and it's based on EastEnders. They've called it the BBC drag drama Beastenders. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you say it. can fall in love. So they have to play larger than life characters and they meet and it's all set in mm-hmm. the pub called the queen dick now because bimini won bimini gets to assign the roles dr tom mm-hmm. for me and our fellow listeners who aren't from the uk what is the east enders and what is a, the popular international equivalent so that we can kind of get on board and understand this well i think british soap operas have quite a distinct tradition so i think they're very much their own Beast, if you like. The the main um, popular soap... Well, there are several soap operas in the UK. The Probably the most popular are EastEnders and Co- Coronation Street, which are on rival channels. I'll say I've always been a Corrie 
Girl, to be honest. It has more of an earthy sense of humour about it. EastEnders is a bit more like gritty and dramatic. Um, it's incredibly popular, though, and it's the BBC's flagship soap opera. It's set in the East End of London. It's set in a working class environment. And the central, the sort of, it's in Albert Square. And the central sort of set piece is the pub, the Queen Vic, not the Queen Dick. Oh, okay. The archetypal characters are kind of brassy East End barmaids. That's kind of like your, your archetypal character that they'll be playing off here, I think. Gangsters, um Doc Cotton is like this kind of very devout Christian woman. Um, those are the kind of characters. Pat, Pat Butcher, Peggy Mitchell. Um, and there, there are definitely some points that they'll reference that maybe we'll come on to in a second when we've learned a bit more about the characters. The only thing that I know about EastEnders is... Oh, Cat Slater as Vinegar, well. Vinegar's entrance. Yeah. I didn't become just a slag. Mm. I became a total slag. I mean, guys, look this up on YouTube because it is... I don't use this word lightly, iconic, but yeah, that, that I love that. Um, I didn't just become a bit of a slag. I became a total slag. That's your only The other bit that I demand that they reference as well as Bubbly's in the fridge. Look, so what are they definitely going to reference? Say them now and we'll see. We'll give you a point. Well, the, the kind of like main characters I can imagine them doing would be like Pat Butcher... Doc Cotton. What, give me some quotes, some moments. Well, m- m- okay, the thing that I definitely need them to quote, yeah, is uh, Bubbly's in the fridge. So this is an amazing clip. Again, just look it up on YouTube, guys, where um, there's a, I can't even remember her name, but she, she, was, she wasn't in it for long. And there's this histrionically dramatic scene where she got a note off somebody and she was disappointed because the note said Bubbly's in the fridge. And I think they were supposed to meet up and she went, Bubbly's in the fridge. Bubbly's in the fridge. Bubbly's in the fridge. And she just started screaming and destroying the house and screaming, Bubbly's in the fridge. Bubbly's I'll have a shot. If that happens, so I'm going to shot the rest of my wine, okay? Skull it, yeah. Because you best believe that we're never sober. They'll probably do the Cat Slater um, uh, I'm total slag thing. They'll probably also do, um, you're not my mother. Yes, I am. Because that's another thing with Cat Slater. Let's have a look at it now, okay? We're going to go back to the oh, show. Oh, another thing. They'll have somebody, uh, Peggy Slater's whole thing was, because she was the, 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 the landlady of the Queen, which she went, go on, sling your hook. Okay. I, I should be in this, basically. Well, you know, we've got a bit of a display here. Mm. We've watched up until the end of the mini challenge. We're just going to start it again from when Benami? Bimini's going to assign the role. So let's get back to it. All right, so... Let's get into the actual maxi stage performance maxi of stage. the boost enders, okay? Boost enders. So we have seen the rehearsal, but as we you know, we'll do what we usually do, which is we combine both of the rehearsals with yeah. the final product, and mm-hmm. if anything needs to be brought up, we bring it up, okay? We so do. we go into the boost enders and boost. we get a little um cameo moment from uh, Vinegar Strokes with that uh, beginning opening shot of her dress. Of course. Do you remember that dress when she wore? It looks like a smurf just over her oh, for her yeah. London walk. <laughs> I get what you and mean. And was it Ellen who said, "I don't know why you decided to display London with the opening of EastEnders," and I just got it now. I'm like, because "Oh, there it is." <laughs> so we get a cameo from there, and now let's go through all the performances of the girls. Okay, uh-huh. we'll start with Bimini. Bimini is a 
very good untrained actress as in she's very mm-hmm. very good at committing herself to a character she kind of understands the character's a bit OTT yeah. and she kind of took it there so this is just what I'm seeing from her she's acting when she's not acting she's reacting yeah. she's uh, very very good vocally Bimini was really strong I thought she was really like consistent um, I Bimini's the only true East Ender of the bunch here, by the way, isn't she? So she probably has an affinity for this sort of character. An affinity. An affinity. Yeah. Um, she, she, she portrayed this Cat Slater-esque character very, very well, I thought. She was kind of like always on. She was always very, um, you know, quite histrionic and like she was screaming a lot. I would say she did what was required of her here like very, very consistently and, and played it to like a really good standard. Okay. She, she made me laugh and I thought you, she was great. You can give us a good comparison with the actual show because you know mm-hmm. the characters they're trying to play, whereas I'm just seeing acting, just pure drama. Uh-huh. I thought she did a good job. Do you, so she did a good job as Kate Slater from the East Enders. Cat Slater, yeah, with a, Kat Slater. With a K. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. God, it's like Elliot with two T's. <laughs> Thank you. And nine lives. Okay, what about let's move to the next one. We'll talk about Tess. I really liked Tess's character. I want to mm. say overall I enjoyed all four of these queens. Do you know, overall it, it was actually I will say as per usual with these, the script got a little nonsensical at times because, as we know, they don't have proper, they don't hire proper script writers for it. Production just throw a script together. Having said that, the Queen's performances themselves were really, really like good and consistent. Nobody in this was a complete car crash, I will say. Mm. Um, Agree. So Tace was portraying a Sharon Mitchell type character who's always like a little bit sultry and she's a brassy barmaid type of character. Um, and she did that really well. I felt like she built. I felt like she started off a bit smaller, probably saw what the other girls were doing and got bigger and bigger and bigger, which was what was necessary. Um, they did criticize her Australian accent, which... I didn't hear an Aussie accent. Um, I think she wandered into to, to Kim off of Kath and Kim at one point, but like, I it entertained me. I didn't, I didn't hear it. It entertained me. I thought Tace was great. She, she, I think playing a sultry character really plays to her strengths because she's so gorgeous and sultry and sexy. Yes. Uh, so yeah, good job, good job, Chase. And like, she didn't particularly struggle during the rehearsals or anything, did she? She was quite. She did. The only two people that struggled was Ellie Diamond and Lawrence Cheney. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because the end product actually was a well done job, mm-hmm. we have to look to the rehearsals to kind of put the placements for where we see them on the top and bottom, because that's where we. I mean, we need to start looking somewhere. We can't... It's hard for me to judge them in the final product. They did and good. Maybe, maybe when the we look at the rehearsals, well. I can tell you from the rehearsals that Lawrence Cheney is definitely in the bottom. But when I looked at her end performance, mm-hmm. that's a, I would not place her in the bottom. She was convincing. Her acting was great. She that brings was, us on to Lawrence, really, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so Lawrence... No, 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 that brings us on to Ellie, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to talk about Lawrence, and that brings me to Ellie. God. Well, Lawrence, even though the, she was given the F- Phyllis Bitchell name, she was actually... Her styling was based on, on Pat Butcher... Um, from from the soap, so Patch, uh, Pat Butcher was like well known for wearing like these plastic macs and that sort of thing, and she was like this big. I keep using the word brassy, but that's what all the all the female characters are in EastEnders. Um, 
So she kind of like played her with like a slightly masculine energy and she was like really intimidating and stuff, wasn't she? Um, I really, really enjoyed when she walked into the room and like she she gave it like this physicality and there was this, she was really good at like making eyes and she had like this facial dexterity that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, and she, she played the character really consistently. Like there's, there's not a lot, like you say, the um, rehearsal showed her really, really struggling with her lines. So Michelle's obviously going to bring that up. But you know what I liked is that we saw the rehearsal, we saw her struggle, we saw that she messed up her lines a bit, and we're not a bit, a lot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see that fear of struggling in her final performance because sometimes people can get shaken by the fact that they are messing up their lines and it can play on their mind and they start to like really, mm. really, it starts to show in their performance. She stuffed up. And she allowed herself to stuff up, but she didn't let that affect her actual final performance. And I want to give her props to that. Of course, they're going to come for her for not knowing her lines well. And yeah, I think, and they I will. think Lawrence is, um, she might be in the bottom because of that. But if we're looking at the end product, and the end product only, no, she did a great job. I saw a butch lesbian i don't know what i don't know this lady from the eastenders but i got butch lesbian well it's interesting because the the actress who played her was gay in real life but she played a heterosexual character um so um yeah maybe she was just bringing that energy but obviously she was kind of she was giving us actually the femme version of a male character because phil mitchell is a male character but she was phyllis bitchell but she, she was giving it she was giving it another character's energy pat butcher I like that then. I like what she did with it. Yeah, and I think that was what was required of her. And she had this kind of like lesbian love story. Even Ellie, well. look, let's go on to Ellie Diamond. So I do have her an opinion on partner. Ellie, actually. I, I do. I'm going to jump in. But believe it or not, Tom, I might ask you for your opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, do, you, do you believe me? Uh, no. Yeah. Um, I feel like you interjected as though I never let you speak. As though it's <laughs> never a Q&A every time we podcast with you. Well, I said I felt. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I'd say about Ellie is that, she, again, really good, consistent acting job. And she was funny and she did Dodgy Old Lady. But the character that she was supposed to be portraying, Doc Cotton, has a very, very specific set of mannerisms and inflections. She actually speaks... Oh, I can't even do it. Like, like I'm not But she speaks a lot more like this. She kind of like speaks like a closed mouth. And she's got this very specific sort of inflection. And she goes up and down in her cadence like this. That's that's a lot more... That's awful, by the way. But that's like an, an indication of what Dot Cotton is, which I didn't see any of in Ellie. Ellie is very young, and I don't think she watches EastEnders. That's what I got from this. You would have thought one of the girls would have helped her out. Why, though? Yeah, I, I know, right? They're like, okay, so uh, I remember what you tried to pull last week, Ellie. So mm-hmm. I think I'll let you struggle here. I didn't know that. All I saw was um, someone playing an older character mm-hmm. who did a very, who did a, not, not a very good job, who did a good job at portraying that, who didn't show struggle. Yeah, I mean, it she- was a convincing part. And again, I do want to say that it was, you know, a lot of the times when we watch these skits, it's a mm-hmm. cringe skits. fest. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. the most cringiest thing ever. This wasn't cringy. Flash- it was watchable. Flashback to Breast World. 
there's so many flashbacks <laughs> that we can go like nearly every season. It's, it's always it's a cringe fest, and I didn't feel that. I thought that these girls, as a foursome, did a great job. I, think I also so want to say that Tace and Bimini had very good chemistry in their scenes together. Which is another thing that might pick up on. I wonder if the tension between Lawrence and Ellie was carrying over a little bit into their scene because their chemistry was slightly less good than Bimini's and Tace's. Look, when you look at the character, Tom, what I want to know is with the three, four, five minutes of watching them, A, Mm. do I know their story? B, do I know their feelings? And then C, do I know where their character is going outside of the scene? And these are the things that I look at. You want to picture the rest of their lives, really, don't you? Well, that's because these are the things that you're thinking of when you take a character and go into acting. It's not just what are the lines. It's what what's my backstory? You want to ask what's yourself. What's my intention? Do, what's my relationship with the other person, Tom? You want to know, do they live? Do they breathe? Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't know what, what you're on right now, Tom. I'm just telling you. My second glass of wine. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you what people think of in the process <laughs> of acting. So based on... I'm what, acting! What, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> what we've seen today, I can tell you what I think about like the relative hierarchy. Shall I give you my opinion? Well, you, you know what? Apparently, I don't give you time to state your opinion. Do you want to interject and say quickly before I cut you off? Is that permission granted? Thank you. So to me, Bimini did the best here. Um, Bimini was... Um, she portrayed the character very well and like I felt like a real... She, she just did so well. I would say Lawrence and Tace are kind of equal second because they portrayed them really well but there was like a little something slightly something like lawrence struggled in rehearsal taste i think was a little small at the beginning ellie i think was great and i put her in fourth place i actually put lawrence cheney and bimini first mm-hmm. um they both were great in their characters they're not playing the same character so you have to appreciate what they do with that character. And I do appreciate what they both did. To be honest, I appreciate what all three of them did. And, you know, that's including taste. And Ellie was you know, just there as she is. But she mm. was there and present. She well, was there and good. But mm. when you deduct that, when you, when you have, you have to start looking at who didn't do the best job out mm-hmm. of the best. Ellie Diamond is unfortunately at the bottom for me, and I, and I'm thinking there were just little things that she could have done that could have taken me out of watching someone trying to act. There yeah. were elements of watching her that I saw her trying to act like an old lady. Whereas other people, I didn't have time to. I didn't think they're trying to act. I I was trying to say, oh, what are they giving me? What are they mm. giving me? It was such a true representation of that. Ah, and I didn't see that with Ellie. So Ellie is in the bottom for me there. Mm. I don't want to fault Taste because I don't know if it's biased, but Taste didn't do a bad job. She oh, was no. actually really good as I, well. I think she was fab. Like my my only vague criticism that she started a little smaller than she finished. It's almost like she picked up on Bimini's energy and right, which is good. She was like, right, I've got to match this, and she she rose to the challenge. I don't know if I agree because her her entrance was fine. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't think I agree with it. I think that she. How the energy? I feel that Lawrence and Bimini were the best 
and then taste was right there behind them but if they're going to look at the struggles of the rehearsal we can already say that lawrence has slipped down a few levels and she might be in the bottom can i just yeah. say as well could somebody have not got taste a breastplate that matched their skin tone is that too much to ask? Well, that breastplate didn't belong to her. That breastplate was... But what I'm saying is, the character required it, and the show should have provided it. I think. Tom, I'm not production. Okay. Believe it or not, Tom. Look, I, I, I'd just like to come back to Ellie for a second. Ellie did so much better than I thought she would do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And um, it's not that she did a bad job. It's, it's just that like, she just didn't do as good as a job yeah. as the other queens. To me, what she did was she did God-fearing, chaste old lady on paper rather than doing Doc Cotton, which is a specific character. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, look... We're going to combine our thoughts with the actual acting challenge with what we see in the runway, okay? So. Now, let's go to the runway. The runway is, the category is Panto Dames. Now, Dr. Tom, tell me and tell everyone else who doesn't know what this <laughs> is, what Panto Dames are, because I don't get it. If, I find it so funny when we have things like this that are a specific British institution. It's like, oh, I'm an authority all of a sudden. So a panto dame. So in the UK, we have specific kind of seasonal plays called pantomimes, which are aimed at an audience of children using very family entertainment, very high camp, usually based on fairy tales, Cinderella, Peter Pan, that sort of thing. Um, there's almost always a character in drag that, well, you know, a, a a male person portraying a female character who we call a panto dame. And they have a very specific aesthetic, which is very fairy tale. It's They're very extravagant, very camp, very exaggerated makeup, but also like somewhat matronly and silly as well. Very comedic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what these queens are striving for in the runway here. That let's, should be at least what they're aspiring to, yeah. Let's start with Miss Cheney. What did you think of Miss Cheney? So Lawrence, I thought, looked really, really lovely. I like this kind of... She she definitely like hit the nail on the head. Widow Twanky, as she mentioned, is like this archetypal panto dame character. Um, I love the color scheme. I love that seafoam green hair. Um, the measuring tape thing that she had going on reminded me a bit of Paddy Pam Pam from her entrance look in Holland. Ah, uh, yes. But also, I think I think it's a bit of a Jeremy Scott uh, Moschino esque reference. I think that's been done. Do you also think way. Valentina's? little All bit yeah, look, yeah 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 cool. definitely that so very very cute i loved and she had the sewing machine on her head um i loved that i think it made reference to her talents as a seamstress um so it, it kind of like spoke a bit of her story i i'm looking at it i'm in all honesty i just see bad drag across the board because I don't understand what panto dames okay. are. When I say bad drag, I mean, I know these queens have pulled out some amazing stuff, especially Bimini with Couture mm -hmm. and all of that, but I just don't understand panto dames. Is panto dame drag kind of hodgepodge? The, the idea is everybody's in on the joke. It's a man in a dress. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's And humor. it's kind of matronly and it's comedic and it's silly. So it's the essence of drag depends on how you interpret drag this so is it's vinegar strokes as opposed to viola chachki vinegar strokes would be an amazing panto dame i think that's all we saw from her tom <laughs> let's be honest um viola chachki would be a bad panto dame okay so a good bad drag is that is that what panto dames are good bad drag that's very reductive as madonna would say tom 
look, first of all, Madonna is. We don't. I don't know her. No, we, I don't talk about her. No, Tom. This isn't YouTube. This isn't BVU. Okay, you can't make fake accounts and talk about how hot Dr. Tom is. Like this is not the time or place. Let's just focus. I think that. Um, I think that Lawrence Shaney looks like a clown. Okay, but that's it. It's clownish. Well, then she uh, mission accomplished. Okay? okay, let's move to Taste. Taste looks like a. This was very like the episode in season six when she's like, "Was the lipstick supposed to stay on?" I did not get that. Okay. <laughs> Next again is okay. Taste. Okay, so tell me about what you see with Taste. I see a Tinkerbell. A beautiful Tinkerbell. So Taste has gone for a slightly more beautiful aesthetic here. Maybe slightly missing the mark in the sense that she's not gone for the like, clownish comedian aspect. But there are different interpretations on the theme. You know, she's a, she's Cinderella. She's the fairy godmother. She's Tinkerbell. I love this azure color on her. She's beautiful. She gives me a bit of like Victoria's Secrets model, maybe, with the corsetry and the train. Not, I, I don't see that, but okay. Okay. But um, I th- I think she looks beautiful. I see that she's got a lot of tails, and it reminds me of tails from Son of the Hedgehog. <laughs> and if she just whips it enough, she'll fly. She will fly. Yeah. She'll fly but in, in to the co- finale. <laughs> but in Sonic's color scheme, coincidentally. Yes. Mm. It's like a combination of them. <laughs> Talk to me about Bimini. So Bimini, for me, looks like she hits the nail on the head because it looks like good camp bad drag. Yeah, so Bimini looks like a quintessential panto dame. She does make a specific reference to Grayson Perry, who is a British artist who mm. often um, presents in this 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 kind of almost panto dameish fashion, very exaggerated femininity. Um, so love that reference again, Bimini, our arty queen. Um, I lo- she also reminds me a little bit of whatever happens, Baby Jane. She's got that kind of quality to her. Very Betty Davis and whatever happens, Baby Jane. Yeah. I love this. This might be my favorite because what I see going down the runway, Tace is really, really afraid to look unpretty, um, whereas Bimini's not. Do you know what the funny thing is that maybe to Tace, you know, who is so sexy and Mm -hmm. so lovely, maybe this is... What she thinks. It's about as far as she um, can yeah, go, isn't I'm it? Like, yeah. She's like, oh my God, I look so ugly. I can't go mm-hmm. out. And everyone's like, bitch, you look good. She's e- just like, oh, I can't. I Even can't. her Halloween runway, she looked like blooming Naomi Campbell. <laughs> as, she's like, oh, what? As Bride of Frankenstein. I did ugly. This yeah. is my ugly. Everyone's like, no, you just, you just, <laughs> you, you just don't get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say I like Lawrence's look. It's campy and I think hodgepodge. I look at Tinkerbell taste and I think that she looks sexy. I look at Bimini and I think that she looks like a doll. Like a yeah. doll with like with a straight guy who did her makeup. And now we're going <laughs> to look at Ellie Diamond. I think Ellie Diamond, like I know that her, I, I can see that she was going for bad makeup, like rough makeup, but she did bad makeup very well. I think it's more so not so much bad, rather exaggerated and using, we were talking about this a second ago, the Queen of Hearts, Helena Bonham Carter, Tim Burton's uh, Alice in Wonderland as a point of reference for the makeup look, definitely. Um, the rest of the outfit is very kind of, you know, Queen Elizabeth II, um, uh, her coronation, but combined with kind of like a Union Jack, Jerry Halliwell kind of theme at the you know Joe Hall with the I'm Brit never Awards. a big fan if I can see the edges of a hula hoop 
foot I see what you mean. The it takes I'm out the illusion. Yeah, I've never been a fan when people don't get it right. So that's got points off for me, for Ali. But that's all I've got to say. It's, it's, it's good hodgepodge. I really like this runway theme because it feels so very British. Tom, we've seen the looks. Mm-hmm. We've seen the acting. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your tops and bottoms. Who are the top two? Who are the bottom two? And I think the top two this week are going to be Bimini, definitely. Maybe Lawrence, depends how much they choose to focus on her poor, re- you know, actual rehearsal and recording. Um, I think taste was fantastic but if i'm taking runway into account she slightly veered off topic if you like ellie to me though she did so much better than i expected and actually did a really solid job was the clear fourth place in the performance okay. what do you think my top two is lawrence cheney and bimini mm-hmm. unfortunately that means that taste is in the bottom with ellie and that's just the way it has to be. You can't look at rehearsals because rehearsals is obviously where you make mistakes. It's mm-hmm. where you learn. So I never understand when people bring in rehearsals. That's not... When you go to watch a show at the West End, you don't look at the mistakes. You don't look at the journey that it mm-hmm. took there to get them to the performance. Mm-hmm. You just look at the performance and you should only judge the performance. Lawrence smash the performance. Do, there do, it is. It is what it is. Do you know what I say? What? Like mistakes just learning experiences and you should have no regrets in life thank you so lawrence <laughs> and bimini are the top the bottom two is going to be tace and ellie and this is going to be interesting to see who they choose to save because ellie's a favorite she's been pushed she's, she's got no wins favored. she's got no wins but she's, she's definitely blessed and highly favored and also it'll be her first time in the bottom and this will be the fourth time for our queen taste in the bottom. I mean, so it can go either way. I already know taste is going to slay the runway. I'm jumping ahead. Let's see what the judges say. All right, Dr. Tom, I'm going to give you my tops. No, not my tops. The <laughs> tops. <laughs> they might as well be your tops. The tops are the, they, the, the judges shows, okay? They gave the one to Bimini. We both agree. Yes, that's We agreed, yep. yes. And the other person that was saved that they put in was Lawrence Chaney. We agreed. Do you agree with that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So Tace and Ellie Diamond being in the bottom. And again, no reflection of like a poor performance, just slightly less good than the other two, that's all. Slightly less good. Slightly less gooder. Slightly less gooder. Yeah. Look, all I want to say is that, yeah, I feel for taste. But let's just... Um, do you know what I think is unfair? Is that when they were giving the critiques mm-hmm. to Lawrence Cheney, they brought up the rehearsal, how she stuffed up in the rehearsals. Yeah. However, when they talked to Ellie Diamond, Michelle was more about the praise. You were an amazing actress. There was no mention of her stuff-ups. And there were stuff-ups. Yeah. Not as much as Lawrence Cheney, but there was... If there was anyone else to mention who stuffed up rehearsals, it was Ellie. Mm-hmm. So there is that favoritism that we're seeing. But you know what? If if you're blessed and highly favoured, blessed and highly favoured, props to you. I okay? was entertained and untucked as well with the domino effect of blame because, like, taste was like, well, you know. I'm quite angry about my negative critiques because you two were both terrible in rehearsal. And then Ellie was like, well, it wasn't my fault bad in rehearsal. It was Lawrence who kept messing up our lines. Lawrence was like, well, Ellie, actually. And I found that quite entertaining. I, uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so the bottom of Sex and Ellie Diamond and they had to lip sync to their song Steps. 
last thing on my mind. Can I just I give a shout really... out to Aaron, who's the biggest Steps fan ever, and I hope he enjoys this lip sync performance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. You know what? I, I doubt Aaron listens to this. He better hard or unfriend So, him. we'll know. We'll know. If, if he goes, hey, you gave me a shout out. Okay. If he doesn't, you have to block him. No, I'll unfriend him IRL. Look, the bottom two is Chasing Daddy Diamond. That's a lip sync to Last Thing in My Mind. I really, really love that song. Let's look at the performance. The performance mm-hmm. was good. I I said before the performance started, Ellie can dance. And I remember that Ellie can dance because Ellie shocked me for the rusical, the rat rusical that we brought mm-hmm. Drag Race when she was dancing with taste. She actually kept up. Yeah. So I knew that she wasn't going to go in there not knowing how to dance. I know that she knew how to move. We all know that she can death drop. We all know that she's a young queen, so she's she's got it all. She's, she's got the cut, 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 cut. She's oh. also the one that was saying during the uh, Eurovision. She goes, "No, we need more. We need more of the cut, 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 cut. Like, come on, we need a, we need to amp it up." So I knew that going in there, Adam could dance. I knew that Taze going in there, Taze can dance. But then when you're, we always say this when mm-hmm. it's when you're in the third time in the bottom. Yeah. You need to you need to learn how to bring back the dead, breathe fire, you, <laughs> necromancy, paramancy, all the rest of it. I will you say you need to though, learn how to create a hex. You need to learn how to create a one division type hex. Absolutely, you need to create a world. That's the only way you're going to survive. You need to agger the heart and mess it up. I will say that when it comes to the 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 places in the top track record has to come into it and they definitely factor it in and it's really really difficult to pick between ellie and taste because ellie has been consistently safe taste has been in the bottom three times but has a win and you know track record is is difficult to factor in in this case i like taste's like natural charisma on stage she really feels the music Ellie, I saw her breaking out some like classic drag lip sync moves, the kind of which I was doing earlier this evening um, during a, a an exercise session, you know, just a little drag workout session. So I, I feel like Ellie kind of like feels it less. Okay. I... I appreciated what Ellie... I'm going to be very honest. I didn't mind Ellie's... Uh, performance i think i would actually love to watch her dance or i'll go to a show to see her move and do her thing she did an okay job taste also did an okay job no one killed the other person off i did appreciate uh taste's use of levels a bit more mm-hmm. uh, her mixture of the textures she was dancing hard she was on the floor being nice and sultry going along to the music because there are moments when it was just the piano like i really feel you're right she does feel the music more mm-hmm. so i thought because taste hadn't breathed fire the the does it matter that she did a good job she would have mm-hmm. gone home because it was for a fourth time in the bottom but when they announced there was the winner i was really really happy but the first thing i said was it's going to be a Sean, double shot i said did. it's yeah. going to be a double shot say there was a few reasons why the the reason is because i saw that they gave equal time to both of them in the lip sync Mm -hmm. and they didn't show just one person usually and also because it's ellie and it's just an ongoing thing that she's got all the favoritism in the world guess what everyone it was a double shantae now riddle me this how how is someone in the finale with no wins and lip synced once. It's happened before. I mean, Wadu. Juju B had no wins and she was in the top three of season two. 
but she's Jujube. She's Jujube. She's Jujube. And Jujube is a very special person. You cannot put Jujube and Ali Diamond next to each other and say that she is on my level. I'm trying to think. Jujube is like the main, like... Example of somebody who enters the top three with no wins. It is what it is. Ellie Diamond is there. Congratulations to Ellie for making it. Like, you are blessed. Mm -hmm. Honey, you are blessed. And I think it's amazing for a young queen like you to have this opportunity to have gone so far and make it to the finale. So if if Ellie is your kind of girl, definitely vote for her. Mm -hmm. Hashtag Team Ellie. Me, I'm going to choose one queen that I'm rooting for, okay? My queen I'm going for is Taste. And it's just because I love her. I'm looking at her in the performances and outside the performances as a queen and as a person. I just Taste is my kind of girl. She's the kind of person that I would want to go out and have drinks with. Who was your girl? Who are you voting for? So hard to choose. Um, Ellie's wonderful, but she's not my winner. Um, Taste, I adore her and I root for her. She's got so much charisma. Lawrence is our funny girl with vulnerability and Bimini is kind of like our armor-plated sort of winner, Who really. fought her way. First week in the bottom. Can we remember that? First week she was lip-syncing for her life. She could have gone home. I've got... Do you know I'm torn, yeah? Because... Tace is my Welsh girl. Bimini, I kind of like feel deserves the win most. Okay, so Team Bimini. If you're rooting for taste, I'll root for Bimini. All right, cool. Well, look, join us next week when we look into the finale. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a performance type one. We'll tackle that when it comes. But before we do log off, I do want to remind you that, A, we are aiming for 20 reviews by the end of season 13. So that's, that's about three more weeks. But don't wait till then to throw the reviews in. If you've got time right now and you enjoy what we're doing and you appreciate our, our podcast, please rate and write us a little quick review. The review can be anything to, you know... Paolo is amazing or, you know, just if, if you want Dr. Tom is what? Is okay, there. is okay. Dr. Tom has sound. Something like, something like Dr. that. Dr. Tom Anything. is sometimes permitted to speak. Always. But if you can, <laughs> if you have time, please write us a review. We really will appreciate it. And we'll read it out on the podcast. So you get to kind of mention. Also, if you haven't yet followed us on Instagram and Twitter, please do so now. You also know that we love communicating with you. So that's it. Join us for season 13's episode review for what episode are they on now? 23, oh, 24. Um, 82. Uh, yes, good. Join us for season 13 episode dropping in a few days. But that's mm. us for now on Spilling the GNC podcast. This is Bolo and Sam. We'll see you guys soon. Lots of love, guys. See you soon. Mm-hmm.